Hello and welcome everybody to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, and our amazing YouTube audience to discuss the day's gaming news. This is episode 126, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and GBG co-founder Steve Bowling and our very special returning guest, beloved VTuber and content creator Mads. Mads, we're so glad to have you back, man. How yeah. are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm glad to be back. It's been uh, it's been way too long since we've uh, had a chat together. Yeah, I was noticing it's been six months. How has it what? been six months? I didn't months know it was six already? months ago. Me wow. neither. That yeah. Is, that doesn't feel real. I don't know how I feel about that. But I don't know how <laughs> regardless, it's going so fast. Yeah, this year is going crazy fast. I should have yeah. I should have uh trotted out the thing I did when uh, Lady Pelvic came back her first time around, like just shown what TNT looked like. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, it's true. Yeah, I didn't either one until I was like, you know, making the thumb and stuff and like uh you know I used the links in our description from your previous episode, Mads, to put them in the description today for oh, yeah. people can find you. And I'm like, six months ago, what in the world? I, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Grantles in our live audience patron chat says, nice shirt. Thank you very much. This is one of my favorite shirts. This is one of those shirts that you see. You know, there are certain shirts when you see them, you're like, oh, there's no thought process here. I got to buy that shirt. And this is one of those shirts. <laughs> I saw it at Anime Expo years ago. And fortunately, it stayed in pretty good condition. And I'm like, a Tidus laughing shirt. Obviously, I have to own that. And uh, so, <laughs> so yes, I do. And, and fortunately, it's still in good condition and has uh, stood the test of time. So, uh, yeah. No, no, thank you for that. Uh, before we get too far into the episode, though, we do have a sponsor for today. And our sponsor is Joseph Bayer, who is not only sponsoring us out of the kindness of his heart. Uh, normally, he doesn't even have anything he wants to promote. Uh, he just wanted to support us because he, he wants to support us. And we love you for that so much. But Joseph has gone a step further. And not only is he supporting us out of the kindness of his, of his heart, he now wants to use his sponsorship to make sure that everyone knows about the Games and Online Harassment Hotline, which is a free text message-based confidential emotional support hotline uh they're open 3 to 7 p.m pacific every day unfortunately only in the usa right now uh but that's hopefully going to change uh so you can just text support to 23368 to get started and uh, those of you who watch tnt often will know that we uh, recently had jay lynn uh as our as our special guest from the games and online harassment hotline and that's how joseph and we all found out about it it's a great service uh they're there for you if you need any sort of emotional or mental health support um especially related in you know in the gaming sphere but they really do just take everybody who needs help so it's a great service if you need to reach out and talk to someone certainly give it a shot and joseph thank you so much for not only supporting yeah. the channel uh, out of the kindness of your heart but using your sponsorship to get the word out about something that is so important and so wonderful that and, is pretty uh, amazing yeah you're right yeah so joseph yeah. seriously thank you so much you're just the the, the kindest person um, and of course, before we get into the news, and there's quite a bit of it today, uh, we do have a few super chats to read out. So I'm going to get started with those. First off is uh, $4.99 from Synchro Lord saying, Happy belated birthday to Steve. Thank you. Uh, did you all see the new Spider Man teaser and thoughts about it? Ooh. So, yes. Oh. Um, this was yes. also during our Gamescom opening night live 2021 stream, our reaction stream earlier today. And my, my uh, thoughts on that there are the same as what I will say they are now and that is hello peter <laughs> that, <laughs> goosebumps man when yeah. you see doc ock and you see him say that 
Oh, I'm so hyped. Mads, you weren't on our reaction stream this morning. Uh, mm -hmm. How are you feeling about Spider-Man No oh, Way Home like, teaser trailer? I'm so, I'm so excited. Like, I grew up with the Sam Raimi trilogy. And, like, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm just really, re yeah, just seeing the, uh, the, the skeleton bomb <laughs> from the first yes! movie. Yes. That was hilarious. If it make, like, I don't know. Um, honestly, what I I heard someone saying that this could like Sam Raimi was apparently showing interest in working on Spider Man again, and I'm like, oh my god, if they Ooh. actually manage to like link this into making like a Spider Man four with like oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know, like I heard someone saying that, which was like a crazy theory, but I was like, oh my god, that would be. Well, as we know, they were uh, making it, and then yeah. they, they and they couldn't find a script they could you know really agree on, so they ultimately canceled it. But who knows? Maybe there will be another Raimi Spider Man yeah. movie. That would be pretty That'd be nice. amazing. Yeah. They got really far with Spider-Man 4. There was also a game adaptation that was right. mostly done of Spider-Man 4 that revealed some of the plot points of the script that they were working with. And I remember, I want to say, Game History Secrets did like a huge dive into prototypes of that game. Uh, I'd love to see Raimi come back, but I would... I don't want it as part of the MCU. Like, I would just love it as like a B-tier right. popcorn flick. Because that's the thing. Right. I think with uh, what they're doing with with like the multiverse system, I think that could link into things where it's like, oh, it can be outside of a MCU, I guess. Because I mean, we, I, at least that's what we're seeing with the characters at least come into it. I'm like, well, if they get characters from the Amazing Spider-Man series and then also from the Raimi trilogy, like, I think that doesn't, you know, it, it sort of makes it so it's fair game for anything. You know, right? It's yeah. almost like turning the MCU into more like a Smash Bros situation, where <laughs> you know it's more of like, I don't know, it's like this version of a characters or something. I don't know. Right. I, I am so excited to see Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin again. He was, yes. he was so fun to watch in Spider-Man 1. And uh, I know he had a bit part in 2, I believe. Or was it 3? They had a bit part in. But he's just such a great take on that character. Although, if they ever did do a Spider-Man 4 after all this time, I feel like they would have to use a different villain than Vulture. Only because, for me, Michael Keaton has just oh, completely... Yeah. You can't beat Michael yeah. Keaton's Vulture. You just can't do it. It's not possible. I and so I feel like they'd have to... Oh, uh-huh, Shocker, right, right. Shocker, Shocker would be cool. cool. I, I heard that uh, Michael Keaton is playing Batman again in something. Oh, I, had, I heard I that, read too. that somewhere. Yeah, and I one, don't remember exactly where, but I heard that. One thing, though, that I'm hoping for, like, uh, and I don't think he'll make an appearance in this new Spider-Man movie because he hasn't yet anywhere, but I hope that this multiverse uh, concept in, in this Spider-Man movie spawns a Spider-Man 2099 movie. I want oh, a cyberpunk Spider-Man so bad. That it would, would be, be so amazing. That would be amazing. Also, a few folks in our live audience, Patreon Shatter, pointing out that it's the new Flash movie that Michael Keaton will be appearing as Batman in, reappearing oh, as Batman. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Uh, well, moving on, we have uh, $5 from Jaden Buck saying, just wanted to let you guys know that I have class on Monday and Wednesday, but I'll always be here Friday for Crazy Question Friday. Well, we always look forward to that, Jaden. Thank you so much. <laughs> Class is just a little bit more important than, than today's news tonight, though. So we totally understand. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. So we totally understand. Good luck in class, and we'll see you Friday. We're looking forward to whatever question you have cooked up for us. Uh, next is $5 from Mr. One Up saying, I was working, but I'm happy I was right about Morgana in Super Monkey Ball. I hope everyone in GBG and, and in the chat are having a great day. Good vibes. Well, you just made our day that much better with yeah. that statement, Mr. One Up. Thank you so much for your donation. And hell yeah. Well done getting that right about Morgana. Yeah. Steve was so close. I was on the right track. Second. Yeah, you were on the right track. I was like, I really thought you had it. I was but, really uh, hoping. Yeah. I, I was really hoping. I still kind of am because uh, Sega have really been uh, leaving Samba Amigo to the side for so long. That's like one of my like, I know it's not 
an, an amazing game but like the characters in that just like that's really that, that game series is like really special to me and i was like oh if we see amigo i know it's not likely but i was really hoping for him but still like Morgana was was such a cool surprise for me yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Neo's on. I don't think I realized this. Neo's on in our YouTube chat mentioned Marvel Studios already got Sam Raimi for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So the relationship with Feige is there. I totally forgot Raimi Whoa. was involved with Doctor Strange too. So there you go. Nice. 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 That's awesome. Uh, all right. We have one more super chat for now uh, from A Drink to the Past. I love that name still. Yeah. For $2. Saying, <laughs> how about that flaming hot Mountain Dew? Is that a thing? It Please is. Tell me that's not a thing. Why? Yeah, that sound real. That I, I literally, hold on. I, I texted my wife the minute I saw this, Whoa. and I was like, you need to buy me this. I was like, <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds like something they're making just to get the name out there. You know, it's like, oh, this will be good publicity. Let's make there a terrible go. product. Yeah. It looks God. awful. Like, objectively terrible. But I want to drink Ooh. it on stream. I absolutely want to drink it blame, here yeah. for you guys, because I... I don't know why I do these things for you guys, but I will. Maybe that's something we do for our, our next GVG After Dark stream at PAX uh, next week, where well, I we'll, hope. Just, we'll do challenges related to Mountain Dew. Well, the grossness. problem is it's uh, it's online only, and you have to, oh, it's, it'll only okay. be available on August 31st, so I don't think it'll make it in time. Oh, right, 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 okay. And there's still that, that Sonic curry uh, that's the, the, and the Chili Dog G Fuel that's coming in from uh yep. katie at sega at some point right steve <laughs> oh, yeah i need Lord. to check in with her about that like <laughs> obviously for for physical reasons i have been lax in following up but <laughs> i feel like you guys might yeah might want to keep that a bit chillax and I, I wouldn't push it too much <laughs> well good in, good in we already time. did i don't know if you if you heard about our, our recent gvg after dark stream where uh steve was uh, here with his friend Nick in LA, and we were all hanging out together, and we we ordered the spiciest chicken you can get in LA. I think I, I, I think I, I checked in a little bit, but how, mm -hmm. how did that end? I didn't know how that ended. Badly. <laughs> Badly. Badly. Okay. Especially I think we don't need me. to elaborate. Yeah. We don't need to elaborate. I, I, spent well. the in I spent the entire next day in the bathroom badly, is, is oh, how that no. ended. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry, and and yeah. we we uh we really tied one on the night before. I think Steve actually had a harder time the night before because we we drank and party we partied quite a bit that first night that Steve got mm -hmm. in. Yeah, and and I think he he was affected worse by that, and I was affected worse by the spicy chicken. <laughs> well, at least yeah. you guys were kind of evened out. Exactly, exactly. It, yeah. it all evened out in the end, and uh, we're in this together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well. Uh, with all that said, shall we go ahead and get on to the news, gentlemen? Indeed. Yep. I'm ready. All right. Well, it is now time for the world premiere of our discussion with Mads about all the announcements in this morning's Gamescom Opening Live 2021 presentation. So let's get that up on screen. All right. So uh, as I just mentioned, uh, Gamescom Opening Night Live 2021 did happen this morning with Jeff Keighley. And uh, we did a reaction stream to it. And, uh, of course, you know, there's too much announced for us to go th over everything. But I'm just going to run over the biggest points, I think, for us here. And then we'll kind of pick and choose what we want to talk about. So the Saints Row reboot is launching on February 25th, 2022. we got a small gameplay clip of that. Halo Infinite is launching on December 8th. April O'Neil herself, the 80s version, has been confirmed to be playable in Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. But that, unfortunately, has been delayed to 2022. So some good and some bad there. Uh, Persona 5's Morgana was revealed to be the latest playable character in Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is launching in spring of next year. 
Uh, Horizon Forbidden West got a release date, and that is uh, February 18th, 2022. So February is getting really stacked, y'all. Horizon Zero Dawn also got a 60 FPS patch on PS5 that dropped today. It was Shadow Drops. So if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn and you have a PS5, this is the perfect time to do it because that game's amazing. And finally, not a big deal, but I love Fall Guys, so I'm including it. Fall Guys is getting a (laughs) Jungle Book collaboration with a King Louie in-game event. There's going to be like a Mowgli costume and a Shere Khan costume. I think Baloo. I don't know. I don't know why Jungle Book. It's weird. But anyway uh madge were you watching all this live or did you yeah just i, I tuned into okay. your guys stream uh for a little oh, bit awesome. uh yeah yeah no i i really liked uh that one game i i can't remember what it was called but it was like uh it was like that mmo that that, that oh, MMO. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the chinese one yeah that had such a cool aesthetic when i was I like this kind of reminds me yeah yeah it's like pseudo splatoon sort of uh i don't know I, apparently it's a monster catcher is what i heard like a, a monster That's collecting I... game that's what it kind of looked like. It looked a yeah. bit like Monster Hunter. It looked a bit like Pokemon with its own just wild aesthetic that I really yeah. liked. And uh, it has the same uh, momentum system, I think, as Monster Hunter Rise with the uh, grappling hook, like the uh, the bug. Or at least I saw something like that. I was like, ooh, well, I love the, right. the system of that. So definitely going to keep my eye on it. Um, but yeah, like Lego Star Wars as well. Like that looked incredible. Compared yeah, to like it is looking great. Yeah, right? That yeah. didn't look like a Lego game at all. I was like, where's the going into a room, doing, like, one brick puzzle, and then, like, you know, <laughs> defeating, like, a few enemies. I don't know. It just seems, like, really, like, they upped the game with that because they know, like, how special, like, that series is to people. And it's it's really cool to right. see, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a huge, huge Star Wars guy, but I love Lego Star Wars. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. picking this game up, like, 100%. Yeah, honestly, as a completely casual Star Wars fan myself, I am I think this is looking great. Yeah. And I'm... I'm not usually excited about Star Wars type, you know, Star Wars related things, but this one I'm mm-hmm. kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. It has a completely different look than any Star Wars or Lego game before. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, just another, you know, like my 18th Lego <laughs> game. Uh, and I was going to write it off. And then, you know, you started seeing like the over the shoulder views and the, and the kind of gun battles and stuff like that. And it was really surprising just how much polish they've uh-huh. put into this game. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm there for it. I, I definitely want to check it out. Um, also, you thank know... you to... Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say thank you to Electric Video Gamer and Dash for reminding us the, na- oh. the game is Dokev. That's the MMO we were talking about. Dokev. We didn't get any release info, but yeah, that, that aesthetic really stood out to me. And that fire music, too. Like, that music yeah. track, whatever the hell it was, was great. Yep. I'm, maybe it was K-pop. I don't know what, but I loved it. And... I want to see more of that game. I just, I'm not an MMO. So I was a little deflated admittedly upon finding out that it's an MMO, but yeah. I still want to check it out. It's from the, uh, the same team who did black desert online, I think. And I've heard, oh, okay. like, I'm not crazy into MMOs that much, but, um, like a, a family friend played that game, uh, like a, a lot and they really enjoyed it. So I, I think for that crowd, uh, it should do quite well, but again, I'm not an expert on it, but, uh, <laughs> at least I've, I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, am still reeling from the announcement that April is going to be playable in oh, Shredder's yeah. Revenge. This mm-hmm. is, I think, this is the first time we've ever seen '80s April playable in a, you know, in a in a combat context. Maybe in a context period, I'd have to like, you know, really look at my history of Ninja Turtles games. But I don't think she's typically ever been playable that version of her. And it's just so cool. And I love the mic drop. She literally drops a mic yep. as one of her attacks. That's so good. 
Um, it, it did unfortunately get delayed to 2022, but you know what? Take all the time you need to get it right. I want this game to be as perfect as it can be because it's already looking so damn special. Man, I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I'm really excited. I, uh, I'd love to see Casey playable as well. Same. Casey, yeah. yes, Casey and Splinter. I want, I want both of them to be. Playable. Oh, Splinter would be amazing. That'd be so. I think cool. he will be. I have, you know, when when they first showed off Shredder's Revenge, he's part of that opening animation, and he's got that really cool wall run thing he's doing. There's no way they did that only for that animation. He's, yeah. he's got to be playable. I think he's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Totally, oh, man. Um, I, I definitely want. Like, I would say that Shredder's Revenge is one of my most anticipated games right now. Me too. I just cannot Easily. wait to try this. Who's developing it? Do you guys know? Uh, um, it's .emu is publishing. .emu is publishing. publishing. Let me, yeah. Because uh, me... when watching, I was like, is this by WayForward? Like, it, it, for some reason, it gave me similar feelings to, like, what they've shown off a lot. It kind of reminded me of, like, a little bit of, like, River City it's Girls. Obviously, tribute same games. genre. But, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and as Jet said in our live audience, Jet tells us, they did Panzer Paladin and Mercenary Kings. Panzer ba- Paladin was a lot of fun, so... And yeah, Mercenary Kings developing... is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, .emu Publishing and T. Lopes, baby, on music. And the oh, little T. Music Lopes? We did oh. here. Yeah, he's fantastic. doing the soundtrack. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I, I'm glad they're taking the time they need to get it right. Don't rush it. Uh, yep. You know, it's it, it'll be worth the wait, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I think one of the biggest surprises for me was that we actually got a release date for Horizon Forbidden West, and it's not quite as far into 2022 as I thought it would be. It's February 18th, which is a week before Saints Row reboot. And oh, man. Oh. I know, that, and that, that, that looked pretty cool, too. But February is going to be stacked. When did, uh, when did Zero Dawn release? Do you guys remember what month? Zero Dawn came out in 2017, I believe a month after Breath of the Wild. I think so. Oh, it came out in April. Or a month before. Yeah, so I think hmm. it was a month after Breath of the Wild. Well, it was if either it's a month, month after or before. Okay, well, maybe if the timing is, uh, if history yeah. repeats itself, we can get uh, Breath of the Wild 2 in either January or March. That would be nice, oh, right? Man. Oh, man. Oh, it, okay, thinking. people are pointing out it was before. It was like a week, either a week or a month before Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I was so, going to say, because yeah. I remember being too swept up in Switch hype to really care about the mm-hmm. original Horizon. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. never got a chance to play it, um, honestly. Oh, but we recently, yeah, yeah, my my roommate just got a PS5. Nice. Like he's been trying to, he's been like really trying to get one for, for like months and months and months, and he finally got one. Uh, and we got Ratchet and Clank and uh, Miles Morales. But Hell, we, dude. yeah, Ratchet and Clank is so good. Yeah, it's the first. Like I've only played Ratchet and Clank like for multiplayer on like PS2. Like very, very little. Like just the multiplayer mode. I've Mm-hmm. very known very little about the series but this is like so this is like the first full experience i'm having and it's like the weapon system is so much fun like and really, it just really looks cool. amazing Ho- hopefully your roommate has a 4k tv as well because it looks absolutely stunning on a 4k oh, <laughs> unfortunately we don't have a 4k okay which is it's sort still of annoying, a fantastic but... game still yeah, a fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. Game, yeah. maybe we, maybe it's uh, worth an upgrade now yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say so. Joining the 4K, you know, the 4K gang last November for a Black Friday deal, I have been consistently blown away. Uh, Steve and I have the same 4K TV, and it's just, it is the gift that keeps on giving. Almost a year later now, and I'm still, every time I turn that thing on, I'm still like, it's like the first time almost. It's like, this oh, thing I can is imagine. so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, God um, tonight. Maybe, yeah, I'll definitely look into it. 
think Becca's live in our in our live audience chat, showing that she is way more uh, responsible than I am. Saying I can't wait till I'm done with this cold and can eat pizza again. First of all, I hope you feel better. I hope you get over your cold really soon. Second of all, though, I'm I would just eat the pizza anyway and just deal with the dairy and while having a cold. Not the not the right approach, but I admire your your self control because if I wanted pizza, even though I had a cold, I'd just probably have the pizza. That's the so. hard mode version. That's the, yeah. that's the hard difficulty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think overall the Gamescom opening night live presentation was a solid one. The second hour was a lot slower though than the yeah. first one. That I'm... second hour, oof. I don't know about you guys, but I find that since like directs have almost become like the mainstream versus the, these live events, uh, and even this wasn't like you know this was like a, a there's a lot of pre-recorded stuff in it. Obviously, it wasn't, but you know it was. Uh, um, not like the traditional like presentations as they did like pre twenty thirteen, but whenever I see a presentation which is like hour plus long, I'm thinking, why? Because I I feel like it's just not like in this day and age, um, like these faster, shorter presentations do so much better that I just really don't understand why anyone in the industry is still having these super long winded events because it really right. sort of. As you said, the second hour was really slow. It's like, come on, guys. It's I don't know. It's really I, I really think that having a a faster system is. But but you know, it's like to each their own. It's just something which I enjoy more is uh is where it's like you know, um I, I think we've sort of been spoilt by the pacing of directs and like right. indie events and like indie world and stuff because it's like uh, announcement one, announcement two, announcement three uh, versus this where it's like oh here's one quick announcement. And then right. an interview with someone else, which is like five minutes long, even a game which you don't really care about. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really, I don't know. I think. It but then, what, but you have to fit in time to to give awards to games that haven't come out yet. Where I mean, that's very. Oh, important. of course, of course, that's, of course. You know, that's really important. Well, that, yeah. that whole thing, other than the obvious absurdity of it all, that whole thing just felt really skeevy to me and just yeah like that that one where they showed like oh we have two awards for the switch game is it gonna be just (laughs) dance or i was like is this real after you is this like (laughs) yeah it's like i don't know there's definitely it feels a lot more corporate um with that sort of stuff at least in my opinion um, no totally and i mean if if we're talking about you know upcoming switch games how does breath of the wild 2 i guess nintendo wasn't officially involved with gamescom but like that's the problem right is that it's only Mm -hmm. a selection of games that in this case ubisoft versus ubisoft it was so absurd that uh, was so weird i was like why are they even like it's just sort of i don't know i but i'm sure the interview like you know it's it's good for people's morale and stuff but yeah i i think that one of the things that is an issue with Jeff Keighley's particular presentation style. And I've said this before, like, all right, man, if if that's how you get your money, get your money. I, I understand. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it is very overt that folks can buy time on his shows. Like, it feels like, yeah. like when I see Ubisoft yeah. competing against itself for an award for a game that is the best game of the year <laughs> that hasn't released yet, I'm like... That probably costs some money. <laughs> but... Yeah, or even yeah. Uh, even that that Dead Mouse section. I was like, this. Oh, sorry, Dead Mouth Five, as he said. I was like, Dead this Mouth is five, like, yeah. yeah. I was like, this is a. Uh, I don't know. Like, it felt very sort of. I don't know. Like he was sort of taking the piss because, like, I don't know. It just really yeah. didn't sound genuine. Like anything about what he was saying about that. 
program. And I didn't mind that at the time, but then we had some of our uh, some of our audience started telling us about about uh, his homophobic history, like his history. Oh yeah, homophobic and ableist remarks, and so that retroactively made me really hate that he had any time on the show because fuck that. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Olinad in the patron chat makes a makes a point. He says, "Isn't that more on Gamescom than Keeley though?" And no, actually. Uh, so opening night live is run by Jeff Keeley and his production firm that he's, you know, that does the game awards and everything else, which is why he promotes at the end his own personal projects like the game awards and that he's going to be a Muppet. <laughs> I mean, that seems <laughs> like, like a weird way to close things out. He's like, by the way, hypest announcement. I'm a goddamn Muppet. I'm out. Um, yeah. Which. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so so. Opening Night Live, while it is in partnership with Gamescom, is very much Jeff Keighley's show. Like, that is just, yeah. you know, kind of his middle-of-the-year show. Uh, he used to do something very similar in concert with both YouTube and E3 before he decided to part ways with E3. It, it didn't have nearly the production value of Opening Night Live or the Game Awards, but... And Ash can probably attest to this. If you go through the JW in a traditional year at E3, you would see Jeff Keighley's YouTube gaming suite where he would be interviewing people and folks at home would be streaming it. Little did they know, like 95% of games media was getting drunk in the bar right next to that whole thing. But um, yeah, so so he he definitely has a, a level of creative control and I'm sure that things have to be passed through uh, the folks that are running Gamescom. But I would not be surprised at all to find out that he has way more creative control than most yeah. folks think he does if he right. felt away about something particular i'm sure he could have said something um yep. yeah right and that's literally and the it, bottom line yeah I, I i completely agree i don't i don't necessarily dislike his presentation style as much oh, as no. some i don't really have a problem watching him do what he does but i do have a problem with what you guys were just talking about it does seem as though you can kind of buy time on his show and that's what I don't like about it. But I, yeah, you know, in terms of his actual presenting, I'm I'm generally fine with what I think yeah. he's gotten better over the years. He yeah. he's definitely got some practice in. He definitely has like yeah. you know I feel like he knows what he's doing. He knows things to avoid, things to do. Um, yeah. Hell, he can do a way better job than I would ever think. Yeah. I um, but I think it's the combination of what you said about like the again like the sort of buying time, and then that in combination of what I was saying earlier with them being so much longer than other presentations, it makes it seem again sort of a I, I guess you know a little bit more flimsy in certain areas sure sure yeah but overall like well, it had some fantastic announcements so yeah no i thought so too was there any, anything else either of you wanted to highlight before we move on no yeah no All i think right. we covered everything well we're about to have something else highlighted for us anyway because alan wilkinson with a two pound donation in the chat or in the super chat uh thank you very much saying marvel midnight suns looks fun uh hi nico uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's essentially, I think, Marvel XCOM-esque something. Yeah. Like, it was like XCOM-esque. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so that did look really cool. I agree. I know we all thought it was Ultimate Alliance 4 before we found out it was something completely yeah. different. So, yeah, no, that looks really cool. And, uh, yes, shout-outs to Nico uh, as part of that super chat. And, uh, yeah, so thank you so much, Alan, for that super chat. Next is Gladiator Loki with $2. I love that name. Uh, asking, what is your guys' favorite Star Wars movie and why? Ooh, man. Okay, well, we'll rapid fire this so we can keep things moving. I think I'm going to say Return of the Jedi. Oh, I actually always oh, like that really? a little bit more than Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I know that's not maybe the popular 
answer, but I really always enjoyed Return of the Jedi. I'm I'm actually with you on that one. I just like really? okay. coming back as like a, a badass yeah. and, and taking down the Empire, like getting his revenge, which originally was supposed to be called Revenge of the Jedi until George Lucas decided that revenge was not a very Jedi-like concept. But yeah, it's probably my not. favorite movie yeah. too. Yeah. Um, right. Just because it's fresh in my mind, again, I'm not a crazy Star Wars fan, but it's sort of like, I think the movie I've had the most fun with is episode three and i also just love uh i don't know like for all the memes which come from that like hello there general uh-huh. kenobi like i don't know <laughs> it's such like a fun watch uh, I so hate I you. A... yeah right uh-huh. um and i actually feel horrible at the end of that where i'm like oh my god poor uh anakin i don't, I don't know like, <laughs> i know i know like... it's, i know it's goofy like for the, the the you know the prequels you know but i don't know it, it's just really the prequels really are super fun to watch in my opinion yeah, no, I think so, too. And even though Hayden Christensen is not the best actor, he really did... I agree. I remember when I first saw that at the end of, of uh, um, Revenge of the Sith, right? Is that episode three? Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I remember hearing him scream, like, I hate you. And I'm like, I got goosebumps. I'm like, okay, not the best actor, but he sold me on that scene for sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and Jet Set says, Ash Ewok fan Paulson in our live audience chat. And that is one reason. I do love the Ewoks. I absolutely fully admit that. I will say that episode three does give me my favorite uh, sound clip in Star Wars history, which is Darth Vader going, no, oh, of course. no. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that'll never yeah. die. Yeah. Uh, Five dollars from feeling dreepy saying uh, the quote unquote awards were a lazy way of getting to talk about the games that were announced at the E3 show without having to show any new information, which, yeah, you could be completely right about that, that uh Either way, it was incredibly cringy that they did that at all. And, uh, yeah, but thank you so much for the super chat. Also, $32 from John Salter. Wow, thank you. Wow, thank you. So much, John. Uh, Saying, it's my birthday, and I'm feeling generous. Passing along the joy to the team that I've been following since Smash Ultimate coverage. Here's to another year of good vibes. Well, John, thank you so much. Happy frickin' birthday, man. Thank you for sharing part of your birthday with us and for the donation. That's so kind of you. But, uh, you know, hopefully somebody's taking you out to a nice dinner you're going to do something nice for yourself on your birthday but uh, we really appreciate you spending some of it with us and for your very generous donation john thank you hell yeah uh, thank you next is four dollars and 99 cents from screamo shaman saying late but hard day at work thank you all for making it easier to get through as a side note have you all considered jane stephanie sterling as a guest uh i, I... personally have not only because i've never heard of her but yeah I'm i was certainly... about to say i regret to say i don't know who she is yeah, but I will I will note her down right now. Let me do that because I don't want to forget. Oh my gosh, I know who she is. Guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Um I I don't want to say her dead name. But yes, I've I've I know exactly who you're talking about. Um Oh, okay. And she works with uh she works with our previous guest, Laura uh Laura Kate Dale. So Oh, okay. I could oh, I could I definitely realized. see Oh, it's, and I'm sorry. I don't know their their pronouns, so apparently it's they them. But yes, I do know the oh, okay. name now that I think about it. Well, I just put uh them down in my phone so I can remember to reach out because that's a great idea. Thank you, Screamo Shame, and I appreciate that. And of course for the donation. Uh, uh Twilight, I'm sorry, but I don't know their channel name because I don't follow their content, but I'm aware of who they are. Right. Uh, next is four dollars and ninety nine cents from Z Patty, saying, uh, "I'm gonna need some good vibes as this teacher starts school tomorrow. Vaxed to the max and masked. Well, 
all the good vibes to you. Thank you for all the incredible work you do in education. I have nothing but just maximum respect for educators and anybody who yep. works in the education space. My wife is a school psychologist. She's on the front lines doing doing that too. So mad respect to you. Mads respect to you. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Teachers are awesome. Yeah, yeah no. thank you so much, Z Patty. Uh, next is five Canadian dollars from Matt Crin saying King of Fighters 15 looks amazing. The, the new characters look cool, and 300 music tracks in the game is crazy. I hadn't heard about 300 what? music tracks in the game. That's awesome. Wow. That is that's insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if there's anything other than Smash Ultimate, that, or I guess just Smash games, what, Smash 4 and Smash Ultimate, yeah. that would beat that. So that's, insane. that's incredible. It yeah. is. Well, that's really, I want to play King of Fighters 15, and I know Same. a few people in the chat were talking about how it comes out the day before Horizon Forbidden West, which is really unfortunate that is i wish that wasn't the case uh it seems like they're sending it out to die but hopefully uh, different not. audiences though and I, I, yeah I, I don't think there's a lot of audience overlap there it, the, yeah that's a good point plus the fgc will pick up king of fighters and it'll at least thrive on that front right right all right well uh, after all that Gamescom goodness and Super Chat goodness, it is time to move on to our next news story, which is a f uh, follow-up to a story that we reported on probably a couple of weeks ago now. So let's get that up on screen. So this is actually late breaking. This just happened maybe an hour or so before we went live with this show. But uh, Neotic in a Twitter announcement have officially walked back uh, the controversial changes they made to Pokestop and gym interaction distances in Pokemon Go. Basically, they shortened those distances because of the pandemic out of safety reasons. And then for whatever reason, during the continuing pandemic, as the Delta variant was raging and getting worse, they're like, hey, guys, guess what? We're going to restore the usual interaction distances. So it's not as safe to play as it was before. Have fun. And a lot of people uh, were very unhappy about that, very vocal about it. There's a huge backlash. And fortunately today, like I said, about an hour before we went live with the show, I think, uh, they have walked that back and have restored the pandemic-era interaction distances. So 80 meters will be the base interaction radius for both Pokestops Good. and gyms globally going forward. And they said that their Small. full task force report is still coming out on September 1st, but I guess they wanted to get this announcement out in front of that for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering why it took them this long. I mean, if they were going to do that anyway. And yeah. They, like I, they could have avoided the PR disaster. I don't even understand why they would even like consider doing it in the first place. Like even post pandemic, I would just keep it how it is because it makes it more accessible for everyone. You know, like right. there was all those issues like when the game first came out. Um, oh, you know, not issues, but more so like you heard stories about like oh, you know, sometimes Pokestops weren't where they were supposed to be. People getting hurt. I don't know. I just feel like the the larger distance just makes it easier for everyone. And mm -hmm. I guess. They might have seen, um, they might see, like, I guess, do they do it for monetary reasons? Where they're like, oh, we can make more, like, money out of having more pokes? I, I don't know. Like, I don't really My understand. Guess is yes. Yeah. Like, I don't really understand how that would work, but I guess they're like, oh, it's easier for people to get items, so they're less likely to buy ones outright. And I'm like, well, come on, guys. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like that's just not smart. I just keep it how it is. I think I think that boat sailed. Yeah. I think if you were, uh, you know, it's like when you changed it in the first place, like you should have realized it was done. You know, that's how it's gonna right. be. Because because changing it back just makes you look shitty, like just outright. I right. Don't know. But yeah, what do you it's... guys think? What do you yeah. think, Steve? 
I well, I agree that um, I saw someone in our patron chat say that sponsored Pokestops are probably part of the reason. Uh, being able to interact with those probably, I think what happened is that it damaged their financial bottom line more than they probably estimated it would. And, you know, they initially came out with this and said, oh, well, we're going to get a group of players together and get feedback. And then in September, we'll do it. And they realized like, oh, crap, people are not spending as much money as they were when we had these changes out there. We need to keep that cash flow. So I'm sure yeah. that honestly, this came down, like I said, in the, in the what was it a month ago when we were talking about this? Yeah, uh, yeah a few weeks. Yeah, that they that they likely saw that there was a drop off in player spending and we're like, okay, well, we're going to roll this back. So I, I think that it just came down to the fact that it probably cost them more money than they expected. That's that makes sense. Right. I think so. I mean, it, it usually does come down to money. And I know that's what Mike Capella was also saying in our live audience chat. And I, I wonder, though, if the PR uh. fallout was worth the, the, you know, the, the money they ostensibly, I guess, gained from changing it even back for a little bit. I don't know. Maybe maybe the whole reason they're they're moving it back is because they realize that the, the hit they're taking is greater than, you know, anything that's making up for it monetarily. So yeah. More either damage. way, the end result is that it's good for players. One mm -hmm. one thing I will say is that I will be trying Pokemon Unite very soon. Nintendo actually sent me some oh, nice. credits for the game, and they were like, "Hey, we urge you to try it." So. I don't know, maybe I'll stream it or something, <laughs> but I'll be trying it out soon. I've heard uh, very mixed things on Pokemon Unite. Oh, that's unfortunate. I I, I feel like yeah. I vibe really well with the mainline Pokemon games, and I'm definitely hyped for Legends, but most things outside of that uh, definitely leave me a bit cold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, like, some people have enjoyed it. I've heard it's just, like, very... I don't know, I, I, I played a little bit of it, just, like, a, a few matches, and I, I just thought it was okay. You know, it's something which really is for me, but that, that's fine. I'm not into, like, everything, so I'm uh, probably the wrong person to speak about it. But um, regardless, like, yeah, I would say, like, uh, just them doing something new with the franchise is always a good thing. Agreed. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I haven't really been playing Pokemon Go at all for quite a while. Um, my wife and I used to play it a lot during the first generation, like, the first year it was out. I wouldn't mind getting back into it. Uh, I don't know. This would be enough for me to do so. Certainly not to spend money on it. But, you know, I am glad that, that for the people for whom Pokemon Go is still a huge draw. And I know people. Uh, one of my best friends loves Pokemon Go and plays it with their family pretty much every day. I'm glad that they're going to be safer again and that they're doing the right thing, even if it's for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, at least the end result is that people are safer. And um, as far as Pokemon Unite goes, I've heard good things generally, but I am not a MOBA person, so I just really haven't made time to check it out i don't really care i've heard yeah, mainly ones, but... i i heard mainly like I, I remember arlo talking about it and saying that just for company development less of it the game's bad but most of it the company developing it yeah. it's like they unpay their workers and you know oh no the, yeah also I, I i'm i'm pretty sure it was something along that just for the co-company or like the developers of pokemon unites uh something along the, those lines where just the it, it, the company helping to to develop it isn't the most uh you know fair but I, again i'd have to do more research on it um right but yeah that's why i've I felt ooh, a little bit with it right gotcha gotcha all right well <clears throat> then with that said i think we're about ready to move on to our next news story which is of course i'm just going to come out right out and say it it is the continuing dumpster fire that is the activision blizzard situations 
just to let everybody know, we're not going to regurgitate all the grisly shit they've been accused of. It's not, it's not what we're here to do. That's all out there. We're just going to give you the updates on the latest of the situation and then move on. And in the meantime, just think of puppies and kittens like we showed on screen during Active Games. <laughs> that was games fantastic. I just want to say, say guys, that was such a, a good brilliant idea. idea. <laughs> I Thanks. love it. Idea. Sometimes I have <laughs> all good right. ones. Well, let's right. get that up on screen. So, California, the state of California, my state, has expanded uh, their, their lawsuit against Activision Blizzard, uh, adding amendments uh, that temporary and contract workers are now, uh, are now included uh, on the people they're suing on behalf of. Uh, so not just full-time employees, now temp and contract workers. And they're claiming, and this is really gross, uh, they're claiming that HR has been shredding documents related to the investigations and complaints. So... On top of all the nasty, ugly shit they've been accused of, now we find out that they have have likely been destroying evidence of it. And the whole oh, just gets ever that's, that's all good how how <laughs> does this get worse? I just what? man, the the hole just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And man, fuck fuck Activision Blizzard for this for all of it. Obviously, that goes without saying. But just for for just what we continue to find out it just gets better gets worse and worse i just don't that's mm. horrible i don't like I, don't, I can't even like i'm just like shocked that they would do that like they obviously just think obviously the higher-ups just don't give a shit about people's like feelings or, or the, the bad press they're just like oh who cares like let's just try and hide it up I'm like jesus the the problem is that Activision Blizzard runs so incredibly deep that i wonder how people like come to work there in the first place like you usually do a little homework on the place you go to work, and I'm not victim-blaming at all, but, like, I just cannot imagine that, like, Glassdoor or some other service like that that rates employers has a sterling reputation for Activision Blizzard. Like, I mean, this place sounds like a frat house. Like, you walk in, and, like, the HR director's name is Boner or something. Like, maybe I don't the, understand Maybe it's just, it. like... It was like a Twilight Zone. Like you just go through. It's like a. It's like the Upside Down in Stranger Things. It's just like a different world. You're like, whoa. And it's just a. It's it's all, it's all just a. You know, not reality. And it's like, oh wait, I don't. I honestly have no idea how. The it, like, I, I'm glad that all this stuff is is like coming. Out. I I don't know too much about this, but I'm glad. Like for stuff I've heard, it sounds horrible. I've heard nothing but like negative stuff recently about Blizzard slash Activision. Um. Do you guys know if, like, so did they buy Activision, like, recently? Or have they always been joint companies? Uh, they've not been. Blizzard acquired, or Activision acquired Blizzard oh, okay. a long time ago, though. Like, quite a long time ago. Um, oh, yeah. I want to say a decade or more at this point. Oh, could, all right, all right. I could be wrong on that, but it sounds like, you know, Blizzard is is arguably the worst party in this scenario. Yeah, I'm just curious on, like, if it was both parties beforehand, or if, like, one corrupted the other company, or if just, I don't know how this bullshit started happening, but I, I, I don't know, this is I not... I think it was probably up. particularly egregious at Blizzard, because a lot of the worst stories we hear are from the Blizzard side of the house, um, but I would not at all... I mean, this, this speaks to a much larger corporate culture, so I, I checked, it was 08 when they, when they merged... Right. So that's Why? 13 years ago. So any problems that you're hearing, like, probably exist, you know, like, I mean, this goes up to Bobby Kotick, up to the people at the top of the company. You hear about, you know, people 
highly placed in the organization just ignoring complaints from people. So that's horrible. Yeah, I I just think that you know to to fix this, and I don't know how much fixing there is to be done but you really do have to gut management in this company and obviously it's a company that makes a ton of money bobby kotick has a comically huge salary um so as far as the corporate entity is concerned they probably think things are great they probably you know they're paying bobby these huge bonuses uh you know and this is the first uh first time his feet have probably really been held to the fire and I wonder how that will shake out. You know, if I was on Activision Blizzard's board and this was happening around my company, I would be like, we got to fire all of these people if we want the gravy train not to stop. Yeah. Um, and I hope that that's what they do. And yeah, it will never be in the pursuit of, you know, making a happy, healthy work environment. It just won't be. It just won't be. Uh, no. Obviously, the people in charge of this place don't care about that. Uh, but you know, if it damages their bottom line to the extent that they actually feel that they need to change something, then they'll change it. And it, whether Bobby Kotick and all of those people get ousted because they're not making enough money for the company, or if they get ousted because someone actually cares, at least the end result is the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and... Oh, go ahead, oh, sorry, please. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, if, if anyone, like... I, I think this is why I think it's so important to... Instead, like if you're if some if it's like for the consumer, right? Uh, I think this is something which because mainstream people like I have friends who play like you know who aren't really into video games that much and just play uh, Warzone a lot, and I'm really trying to introduce them to more just like indie titles nice. instead because I'm like, well, you know that is supporting you're directly supporting a small team or just an individual, and you know how you know where your money's going and like how it's supporting. I I just think clarity between consumer and uh and creator is just like very very important and it's something which just people should become more self-aware about so absolutely um, if you want to play a good competitive free shooter go play splitgate i don't know anything bad about the developers of splitgate um and it is infinitely more fun than any cod that i've ever played 100 percent. well it's just it's fun it's it's just it's maddening and just horrifically just like funny in a very dark way that they're basically right out and coming right out and admitting guilt by not only shredding evidence, but they're knowingly leveraging the risk of being found out for shredding evidence against the risk of just making things better of just fixing the problem and getting out of this hot water in the first place. They're choosing to shred evidence and try to cover it up instead of just doing the work to make it better and then they can go on and have all their wonderful profits for bobby coaching just, like yeah they just think they're above i think they just they just don't give a shit they just think they're above it and it's it's yeah horrendous and annoying it really annoying um but again that's why it's like you know transparency with this stuff uh is, is so important you know and i feel like i feel like exactly like in 20 uh in like 20 years from now i think i that's why i'm just like <laughs> you know like i just think the indie scene and small companies is just yeah. going to become like where it's at with video games like sure yeah. like you know we have these big conglomerates um i mean you know but but just seeing uh you know promotion for for smaller titles and for um developers who you know have you know you know just fair work environments or are self-employed and stuff i think that's yeah. just like something like a positive which can be taken from this is that it's like okay that's shitty 
this shouldn't be happening anymore and there shouldn't be a company this big you yeah. know yeah with this much shit going on agreed um, i i really hope things do get better i don't you know i don't have a lot of hope that they will i mean at least pending all you know the investigation as as etno ben says in our youtube chat I hope the state of California forces the entire long arm of the law down their throat, and I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I really hope they are they are punished and found guilty to the fullest extent possible for everything they've they've been doing, and uh, I I just hope it gets better for for everyone who works there. I really do. Hundred uh, percent. Clearly, though, Act, you know, Activision Blizzard are not interested in doing the right thing here, so hopefully they're forced to, even though they shouldn't have to be forced to. Um, but with that said. We will continue. We obviously are going to continue not covering Activision Blizzard games here on the channel. And uh, should should any come up during the future game show stream tomorrow, we will do the same thing we did today, which is put <laughs> up puppies and kittens on screen instead, which are way better than Activision Blizzard yeah. games. Yeah, small thinking. Yeah. Small thinking, guys. Um, really quickly, I, I saw some chatter in the chat about this. I, I think I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show. But yes, that uh, the car is a stand-in for Derek. It's a running gag now. Uh, Derek is, is not here today, not because he's sick or anything. He's just on vacation with friends. So don't worry about him. He will be back on Friday. No worries there. Uh, but that is why he's not here. We, of course, miss him. But he will be back on TNT as normal on Friday. So just in case you were wondering where he is, I apologize for not letting you all know at the top of the show. Uh, with that said, let's go ahead and move on to our fourth story of the day. So, uh, a, a Mr. Lance Barr, who is the designer of the NES and SNES, has officially retired from Nintendo after almost four decades with the company and is, quote-unquote, moving on to other projects. Uh, to which I can you know, only say, initially, congratulations for almost 40 years at Nintendo and, and for designing two of the most iconic video game consoles of all time you know thank you for your yeah. for your work and for your service the, the the nintendo and snes are obviously like i said iconic i mean they're they i grew up with them they're they've been, he, been huge fixtures in all of our lives i'm sure and uh yeah after four decades with the company and i guess one of his most more recent projects with nintendo was designing the wii nunchuck which is Whoa. very interesting cat yeah wow so yeah um, as this Nintendo Life article states, uh, Barr's work was of particularly vital importance uh, because the NES was coming out following the big video game crash of 1983, and uh, the NES had to be something new and different. It had to look different and stand out, and uh, as Nintendo Life says, it's fair to say that those efforts were successful uh, because you know when the, North, when the NES did release in North America in 1985, it quickly dominated and became the top-selling system. Uh, and over 60 million units of the Famicom slash NES would eventually be sold worldwide. Uh, so it's, you know, obvious, obvious that the NES and SNES were both huge hits, and I think that is in due, uh, in no small part, to Mr. Barr's work. Um, you guys have any particular thoughts on, on, on the NES and SNES aesthetics as Mr. Barr um, designed them? I was gonna. I was just gonna say, it just as a, as a little joke, I was like, oh well, I wish he he stayed on a little bit longer to fix drift and then left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Um. But uh. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see like rugs of like the uh of the, like the NES controller and just like the designs, like phone cases. Just it, it is like part of just um like pop culture now. Um. And yeah, what you said about the crash, it's like being able to like re reinvent video games with like a whole new like sort of uh like perspective i think or you know mm -hmm. just sort of like making it seem uh you know like appealing to a new market uh should not go like under you know underappreciated like that is like 
you know it, it's almost like with certain um i don't know it's just, it's just like it's really because I, I if i'm honest like i didn't uh know his name uh until until like hearing about this story and right. like that's a shame because i wish i did because you know it's like i'd love to see like uh, a documentary about this sort of stuff or um just like yeah. more information about like these these people behind the scenes which you really don't know that much about Absolutely. I'm I'm deeply curious if this guy also designed the Nintendo AVS. Have you guys ever seen that? No. I don't think so, I have. I don't know. Let me look it up. Yeah. Prior to the Nintendo, prior to the NES hitting the market, uh, they had shown off at like the Consumer Electronics Show in the early 80s, back in 1985. Uh, they had shown off the first pass at the design for what would become the nes and it shares some dna with the product we all know and love and that this guy designed apparently uh, but it was called uh, they originally were billing it as the nintendo advanced video system and it Ooh. had like hmm. tape playback controls for some reason a keyboard wireless controllers a flight oh, stick oh i see it now whoa it's like yeah crazy. it is wild this thing and I got to know if this guy has one of these. Like, I really yeah, want to I see know, one right? of these in the flesh. I'm yeah, I'm curious if it's like he designed that and they're like, oh, maybe you should like calm yeah, down a little bit. Maybe dial it back a little. Or maybe maybe it was the other way around. But like, please help us. We don't know what, it, what we're doing here. He's like, all right, well, we don't need this. We don't need that. Let's keep it a little bit more simple. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's, so, it's so weird because this product looks like there's no way it was based on the Famicom. Like it looks like right. it was designed to run different software, which I think of a world where Nintendo didn't release the NES and release this thing instead and just bombed. Uh, oh that would be crazy. But also I really want a Nintendo keyboard now. Like the keyboard looks dope. I, I want that. Thing. Yeah, but really cool. I, I got to tip my hat to this guy. I mean, the NES and the SNES are iconic designs. The Wii nunchuck is iconic in its own way. And I was going to say, before you had read that, I wonder what he's been doing. Um, you know, more importantly, right. I wonder what he's done since the nunchuck. Obviously he probably can't talk about that, but um, do you, so he's been with a company. He, he's leaving the company just recently. Right. Right. So yeah, did, do you think he had any help with like the, the switch or the Wii U or any of the recent consoles? If I you mean, you would think so. I mean, there's no, there's yeah. no way he hasn't done anything since the Wii Nunchuck, right? And he's been, and he's only now leaving Nintendo, so yeah. I would imagine that he has to have had a hand in, in some more of their recent, you know, hardware well, or because he design. he definitely can't be happy with how the Joy Cons are right now. If I was him, at least, I think I'd be like, hmm, right? Um, yeah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Maybe that's why he's yeah. leaving. He's like, oh, I can't be associated with this. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, I am curious as to what he would have been doing since then. Um, it is worth noting, though, that some of the other uh, peripheral designs, or some of the peripheral designs he has under his belt, include the NES Zapper, NES Advantage, and NES Max. He also designed Whoa. the uh, the top-loading refresh design of the NES uh, that was released later on. So he, he designed both versions of the NES. Uh, clearly, a, a very talented man. Um, but I, I am so curious as to what he would have done since the nunchuck. I'm yeah. curious also how he ended up getting his job and like just I don't know again like that's why I'd love to see like some sort of documentary or just uh, uh, like retrospective on right um, on all of this. 
Um, I see Aaron and Dan in our in our live audience patron chat. Uh, Aaron says, I will say that I prefer the color buttons of the Super Famicom over the SNES controller's blue and purple buttons. And Dan says the PAL SNES is the way to go. And uh, the Nintendo Life article actually talks about that, how, uh, you know, Europe got to kind of keep that more, that softer, more rounded shape of the Super Famicom, while North America got that harder, boxier design. And the Nintendo Life article states that Bar, the, the reason that change was affected was because, was because Bar felt the Super Famicom was too soft and had no edge, uh, presumably for a North American market. You know, everything's got to be bigger and angry and yeah. whatever. I mean, just look in at North uh... America. Yeah, look at uh, look at like you know Sega versus Nintendo. It's like you know it was right. all about like oh like something's edgy and cool. So it's yeah. like if they had right. this bubbly round console, like I can imagine kids of a playground being like uh, like oh you got that's for baby console, you know like yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, I I agree so. with that. I I feel like back then, I mean console wars today are awful, <laughs> but Shut they were that. I don't even want to know about that. Back Ugh. in the nineties. There was definitely some judgment that was thrown around based on what you chose to play on. Um, and Sega was pretty much the perpetrator in that case. Like, all their commercials mm-hmm. oh, yeah. portrayed Nintendo fans as, like, whiny, wimpy was babies. Was that yeah. only in America, though? Because, I, again, question. I wasn't around for the you know, I don't uh, know. console wars in, in like, uh, you know, I know England. in Japan it was a lot more, like... You, you didn't talk trash about your competitors. You just showed what you had. Yeah. Uh, Japan, Japanese commercials didn't really engage in trash talking. I don't know about European commercials. That would be an interesting uh, yeah. topic yeah, to bring up. I, I really think culture, like, like I don't know, it, it's really interesting seeing the comparison of designs of N with, with understanding culture. Because I'm sure, again, like I, I'm almost positive that the reason for the design is for similar reasons we said where it's like oh it has to have it has to be a bit more edgy it has to be a little bit more you know fashionable for for america versus something of yeah. what like europe or japan would want i wouldn't be surprised to find out this guy worked on the switch though i remember um and i wish i could remember who it was i sat down with from nintendo i want to say it was bill trinan and we were talking at E3 about the Switch. Like, it was the first... It was E3 tw- or 2017. E3 2017, right after the Switch had launched. And we talked about the hardware itself. And I had asked him what it was like, you know, getting prototypes in from Japan and, and then trying it out. And what the process was like of creating the Switch hardware. And he had mentioned to me that Nintendo of America plays a far more active role in the design of hardware than most people think. Uh, that that it's much more collaborative in nature than people assume because you know we've we've heard stories out of Sega right uh, from the 90s and from you know even in the Dreamcast era where they would basically just get the console from Japan and they'd be told this is what it is market it <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I guess with Nintendo it's a bit more of like hey try it out let us know if you want us to change anything and they'll take those into consideration and I imagine that this guy was probably involved in that to some extent. Uh, but I do wonder, like you said, Mads, like, is he upset now about Joy-Con Drift? Like, does <laughs> yeah. he feel personally responsible in some way? Uh, it, it would definitely be interesting to, you know, Nintendo is such an OPEG company. Like, we'll probably never know yeah. the answer to that. But I'm right. It, this sort of remind this story sort of reminds me about, um, I think it was like last year or maybe a year before, um, a lot of information coming out about uh, Donkey Kong Country and like design the design of DK. Um and like how it was like sent back and forth between like Miyamoto and uh, and the guys over at Rare and like comparing it and stuff. Um, and I think like again like even back then where communication 
uh, was like, you know, through like facts or, uh, you know, just like a lot more long winded. Uh, the company still went out of their way to be like, okay, we have to, you know, it's not just us in this conversation. It's it's a collaborative thing. Right. Which is sort of a, a strange contrast to what a lot of people say about, like, you know, the, the, stere- the stereotype of Miyamoto being, like, stubborn and wanting, like, you know, specific designs and, like, the stuff about Paper Mario being a certain way. It's, like, it's such a weird thing with Nintendo. Like, what stuff is, you know, meant for, like, you know, collaboration and discussion versus other things which are more, stri- uh, more strict? It's, like, it, I don't know, it's really interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It is. I. I also. I really like the. Uh, there's a. There's a poetic. There's a nice poetry to the fact that that this guy's retiring now, right after we talked about how the SNES just turned 30 in North America. Uh, yeah. On the last episode, we were remembering 30 years of Super Nintendo, and I. I so it's kind of. There's a nice bit of poetry and symmetry in, in the fact that he's retiring now. And yeah. Uh, what a legacy, <laughs> man. I mean, the Super NES is still one of my favorite. It still is my favorite console of all time. I would say. I just imagine him like carving a model for the SNES and he's being like 30 years from now, I'm out. I'm just going to quit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Steve, uh, you have been accused my good, my good friend uh, by Nax Ethan in the live audience chat of flexing (laughs) by not being able to recall whether or not a conversation you had was with Bill Trinan. It is, it is actually just out of an abundance of caution. Nintendo is really particular about quote attribution. Um, and I, I know that I talked with someone about it, but as Ash can attest to, when you're at E3 and you're interviewing people, it's hard enough to remember it the week of. It is insanely yeah. difficult to remember it yeah. years after the fact. And um, you, you, definitely, you definitely don't want someone going up to me and I never said that. Why are you saying that about me? You know, it's like everyone's yes. worst nightmare. Like, I'd hate to, like, you know, accidentally quote someone. So it's like most things I think you should take, like, you know, take it, you know, not with a grain, like, more than a grain of salt, but, you know, it's just, like, everything yeah. is a little bit, you know, I don't take everything 100% for facts all the time, because I think that could just, maybe, you right. know, if, if yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never, to be clear, Bill Trinan is probably the highest-ranking person at Nintendo I've ever had the opportunity to sit down and talk with. I've never talked with Miyamoto, mm-hmm. never talked with, well, I've spoken to Reggie, like, but not formally on the record before. Yeah. Um Same. You know, I, I've met Miyamoto, I've met Awanuma, but it was like chance encounters in a hallway. It was never like, oh, right. hey, Nintendo's going <laughs> to sit you down with our most important person ever because you're Steve. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. right. right. Nintendo <laughs> has literally told me the opposite. They're like, you are not big or popular enough to sit down with Shigeru Miyamoto. That That is... I am not exaggerating. Those are the exact words I was told at really? one point. Yes. That's Damn. terrible. <laughs> yeah. The whole, the oh, whole relationship and... with, uh, I don't know, just like the Nintendo partner program and all that stuff. It's just very like confusing to like, just, just what I've heard. And just like, it's, it's very, again, they're really particular with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. It's, it, now, I understand hand... too. Like they, they want to be yeah, clear. Like these are their top, like, you know, most important people. I'm sure they're in demand constantly. Oh, and sure. I can tell you from the interviews I've had with other folks at Nintendo who, you know, might not have the profile of a Miyamoto, but are really important folks like uh, Mr. Nogami, who is in charge of Splatoon. Uh, oh, God, they'll, they'll kill me if I get his name wrong. But the, the producer for ARMS, I met with him as well and talked to him. I talked to some folks from Intelligent Systems about Fire Emblem, but... Uh, of all the people that I've ever interviewed, Nintendo is the one that is, like, the most strict about making sure that, one, their people stay on message. 
So, like, you can't steer the interview off course into something you want to talk oh, about. Oh, no, you sure can't. Because oh, they'll be yeah. like, hey, we're here to talk about this. And the other part is they record your interview as well. And if you misquote, they will send back the recording and be like, yeah, we didn't say that. Which I'm fortunate yeah. in that that has never happened to me. But I did have one instance where I had to ask Nintendo for their recording of an interview because my phone died as I was recording. Oh, and I, I picked worse. it up at the end of the interview and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, at least they're, like I guess they're, like that just is pretty smart. I feel like I think if, if you want, you know, it's like they're out of any brand like they're pretty consistent with like messaging and yeah, you know, what their yeah. you know opinions are. So like, um, I don't know. That's why I find like those. I think that's why you don't hear that many news stories about people bringing up like like i remember like one time uh like someone i think it was on smosh they like interviewed miyamoto and being like oh where's f-zero or something and i'm like whoa that was a strange you know like i remember like seeing like some articles about that because it's like i think those opportunities to talk about that is really rare because they're like stick on you know stay on task don't sway off to talk yeah. about something else um yeah and honestly, yeah. that that stuff needs to happen too. Like it, it's it it could be stifling for interviewers and 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 content creators like us. But at the same time, and I've mentioned this before on on some show or whatever discussion, I'll never forget being there in the Smash Four developer roundtable for when Pac Man was revealed at E three, whatever year that was, and Sakurai was just taking questions and they weren't being moderated. And the guy who got to go before me, I lost my question to this asshole. Oh, who no. asked, you know, who, who basically just asked Sakurai, oh, you know, uh, would you ever consider letting the fan, you know, letting the fans balance the game for you? You know, like hardcore Melee fans, because, you know, we, you know, obviously they know a lot more. They know a lot about the game. The subtext being they know a lot more about balancing than you do. And sort of Sakurai rude. for his. Oh, so super rude. It was such an asshole question. But Sakurai, to his credit, played it off perfectly and said, have you ever made a game before? And the entire room just erupted in cheers. It was oh, great. Oh, that's okay. Well, the guy. I think that's almost poetic as well, Ash. But you missed your chance. But for everyone to applaud and be like, exactly. oh, that's it was karma. worth it. Yeah, no, it was worth it that the guy got. You know, the, the guy got. Uh, do you, you know, yeah. Out of curiosity, like, don't worry if you can't. But do you remember what you were going to ask him? Oh, totally. I was just going to ask if you could tell, you know, any anecdotes related to Mega Man getting into Smash, because that was my big thing. Oh, Mega yeah. Man was my dream character, and I just wanted to know. He, he's pretty much always said that it was an easy thing to do because it just made sense. Mega Man was the most highly requested character after Sonic back in the day, so that it wasn't a challenge. But I was just curious to know if there were any, you know, anecdotes he could tell me about the process of getting Mega Man into Smash. And to be fair, that would have sated my curiosity, but it's a much less interesting happening than, than this other guy getting roasted for asking the dumb question that he did so yeah you know yeah, <laughs> it works yeah, yeah. out it works out yeah. i mean you probably missed like the best story of all time but it's no big deal <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i mean uh recently those i'm not sure if you guys have talked about this already but those um uh like he did a se se uh, like a second interview with um uh, like the second part of that like, oh cafe yeah interview with uh what's his name with harada uh yeah harada i watched that I, I, I had to, like, I forgot about oh, yeah. it, and then I watched it over the weekend, and I was like, nope, he was lying to us. <laughs> like he, He's just uh, talking about I, the I concept of retirement. Like, it had yeah. nothing to do with Sakurai at all. Right. Yeah, he, he doesn't have that, he doesn't give that energy of someone who, you know, it's like he loves what he does. Um, So I feel like he'd always do something. I'm sure he probably right. is saying that because, like, I mean, uh, like, I know 
like you know family and people in my life who always get told you should retire you should retire and we're like yeah yeah sure and then they never do so that sort of gives me the same energy as sakura right i um i will say that sakurai and i both have a shared love of flexing because man did homeboy flex in that video (laughs) he was like oh does he well yeah he starts off and he's like he's like everybody always thinks that all i'm doing when i'm not working is playing games that all i do is play video games he's like i don't play games when i'm not working he's like i like to drive And then he shows off nice. his like 2022 Mercedes G class, like, and he's like, "Is it okay to show oh, off that you have such a fancy car?" And he's like, "I don't care." Oh, <laughs> what a bull! Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. That's I gotta watch this. I thanks for reminding for reminding me. I guess uh, since we're all flexing, then since that's the theme to bring this whole side conversation back full circle. Don't feel too bad about me for the for the question I didn't get to ask is later on I got to body Bill Trinan and Smash Brothers Ultimate at San Diego Comic Con. So nice. it's all good. I'm jealous. So <laughs> it, it was worth it. it. It was a fair, fair exchange. It's all good. Um, all right. Well, we do have one more news story to to, uh, to cover today. And Steve, my good friend, I put this one in precisely for you because I knew you'd be hype about it. So let's oh, yeah. get that up on screen. So the latest uh, Spirit event coming to Smash Brothers Ultimate is starting this Friday, so in a couple of days, and it is, of course, celebrating the release of No More Heroes 3. And there are going to be three spirits added to the game as part of this event. Uh, Travis, who can be upgraded into uh, full armor Travis, and Fu. And I'm, I'm not going to use the other name for Fu, because I don't know if that's a spoiler, Steve. You can use it. Oh, it's not. Jean-Baptiste? Okay, it's not. Okay, I wanted to make sure. I didn't want to, you know, spoil anybody. But yeah, uh... Yeah, Fu slash Jean-Baptiste VI is the other uh, spirit that's going to be added to Smash Ultimate. So that means on Friday I'm going to have to keep my spirit event, or my spirit collection at 100% because I have every single one so far still, except for the the Monster Hunter one, Raisewing, Raisewing Ratha something. I can't Rathalos? remember what it's called, but yeah. Is it raising? Is it raising? Oh, oh, was it with? No. Uh, was it with the like event for Monster Hunter Stories? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, the Monster Hunter Stories 2 event where you need to have save data from the full game. Oh, okay, well, you'll and get it eventually if you, if you end up getting the game. Rage Wing Ratha, which is based on Rathalos, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's the only one I don't have, but, uh, Steve, I, I know you're, you know, I, I don't think you have all the spirits, but I'm sure you'll be <laughs> No, I sure don't, three, huh? but I'm, I'm gonna yeah. have these, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, No More Heroes 3, I just finished recording the review today, um, and since it's out there, I can say that it'll be uh, up on the channel on the 27th at midnight uh, Eastern. Ooh. So that's 9 p.m. Pacific on August 26th. So tomorrow, 9 p.m. Pacific is when the review goes up. Uh, look forward to it. I think you all know that I, I'm a huge No More Heroes fan. So um, No, you? No. <laughs> all all I'll say is that I didn't give it a pure bliss. So, you know, surprise. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know, I know, I'm sure we all are. I'm looking forward to seeing what you thought of it because I did get to see you play some of it uh, while you were over at my place uh, in LA a couple of weeks ago. And it certainly looked really interesting and a lot of fun. But uh, I'm curious to hear, you know, the thoughts of a hardcore mega fan such as yourself. Have you, um, Ash, have you played the series? Uh, only a little bit. I played about half of No More Heroes 1, never got around to 2, and not for lack of interest or because I don't like the series. I just got sidelined by other games. I've always meant to go back to them, and I know, you know, Steve, I might have to sleep with one eye open until I do so, because Steve might, you know, 
assassinate yes. me for not playing <laughs> the games in full. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so I need to do that. Yeah, uh, for me, I, I've always like heard about it, but never got around to it. And then I got the, uh, when it came out on the eShop, um, I purchased both of them. I've only played, like, and again, similar. I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. I've only played, like, I'd say, like, like four or five hours of the first game. Um, but, like, the sound effects and the sound design are just, like, the silliness. It's, like, I, as soon as, uh, this was before his, uh, his Mii Fighter costume was revealed, I was, like, oh, my God, this would be so funny to have him in, as a Smash character. Like, I was uh. really, I was, like, I'd be so happy to have him as one. But then, I, thinking about it, I'm, like, well, I think his, uh, him charging his, his, uh, his sword might not be the most, like, <laughs> Smash-friendly uh, animation and stuff. I don't know, but uh, right. like just like the zaniness and how like silly that game is. It's if any of you guys watching haven't played it, I would definitely recommend checking it out because uh, even with like um, even though it's a single player game as well, playing it with uh, like other friends in the house and stuff is such a fun time because it's just so ridiculous that yeah. like we were just like laughing yeah. the entire time. Like the the scream sound effect of him going like ah every time. He <laughs> My spleen. Yeah, like that was so funny. Yeah, I really I, enjoy what I played of it. It's just a matter of getting back to it. Uh, yeah. but, I, but I really enjoyed what I played of No they More Heroes. They are, so I will say that No More Heroes 1 and 2 are very short games. Uh, you can finish, I, I want to say No More Heroes 1 is like 9 to 10 hours. No More Heroes 2 is like 5 or 6. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Travis Strikes Again is pretty short too, like 8 or 9 hours to beat. Um, uh, for Helen, hey, it's Dingo in the chat, just asking if it's imperative that you play Travis Strikes Again to understand 3. I'd recommend it if you got the time, but you don't have to. I mean, No More Heroes is a series that goes so far off the rails that trying <laughs> to understand it can make your head hurt. <laughs> so it's it's right. fine if you if you just enjoy 3 for what it is, which is all I can say about it, but it does assume that you've played Travis Strikes Again. But it's not as uh, aggressive as, as Kingdom Hearts with you no. needing to, to replay stuff. <laughs> no, I'd pro- I'd, I'd, probably most series aren't aggressive as Kingdom Hearts in terms of having to play, you know, even the side games to understand what the hell's going on from, from game to Yeah, game. that franchise is ridiculous. Yeah. With, uh, with um, let's see. So, yeah. So, uh, look forward to that, to that spirit event in Smash Brothers Ultimate. I know Steve is, and that's exactly why we covered it on today's show. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of our news for the day. Uh, we do have one more super chat to read out, though, from Hendrix Trog with five dollars, saying, "I'm pretty much caught up now on the other kill the on the other kill the past entries Suda worked on, so I'm ready to go for No More Heroes three. Awesome. Well, look forward to Steve's review. We all know it's going to be great. It's coming from a super fan, and uh, so look forward to that. And yeah, well, thank you all for joining us for today's uh, episode. As always, we love doing this with you three times a week. But before we head out, as usual. Mads, please let our amazing fans know where they can find you, man. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you can find me at Get Mads on YouTube and Get Mads on Twitter, and uh, that's pretty much where I'm at. I also have, you know, um, uh, like a second channel for live streaming. Um, but apart from that, that's pretty much it. Uh, look forward to. I'm trying to like upload as often as I can, but unfortunately, animation is kind of hard sometimes, and uh, and trying to get it out consistently. Uh, is just a lot harder than than you know it's like you know than it usually is um and, and it's like it's it's very frustrating it's a little bit i'm a little bit jealous of you guys for being able to like <laughs> post daily because i'm like damn i wish i could even do weekly um 
but yeah just tune in for for future videos uh check out like my back catalog um you know it, i put a lot of uh love and uh, energy into them so just just watching your video really means a lot well thank you so much man we're it's a joy to having you here on the show we'd love to have you back anytime you know you're certainly a friend of the channel uh we oh, think you're so awesome much. and uh yeah which is it's been a blast having you back so thank you and uh i know we'll be having you back again for sure <laughs> yeah. thank you uh, all good. right well, that does uh, bring us to the oh, true end th of today's There episode. is one oh, final sorry. super chat. Oh, uh, let me go grab. Ooh. Thank you for that. From Zaire Miller, $4.99. Thank you so much. Saying, Jeff said on his Twitter about feedback that all the awards were done by Gamescom. Makes you wonder what goes on in the background. That's interesting. Interesting. It is uh, weird. I was not that... aware of that. Yeah. I don't know. That that just seems odd. Okay. That's it is. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not telling the truth. I, I can't levy that kind of accusation and I don't have any reason to think he's lying necessarily. But that is a little odd that. Yeah. Well, either way, it was cringy as hell. <laughs> those, those are those awards. Yeah. I wouldn't mind not seeing those happen again. Hopefully they don't. But uh, I guess speaking of Gamescom, really quick uh, plug for us. We are going to be reacting to the future games show at Gamescom tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, primarily. We don't know what we're going to see mostly, but uh, we do know that we're getting the, the next two Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl characters getting announced sometime during that presentation. So that's Ooh. one of the main reasons we're doing it, but we all, uh, I think it's supposed to include over like 40 games or something. So should be interesting. We'll be fun. Either way, come hang out with with us for an hour. I think it's like an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. And uh, should be a lot of fun. So that's 1 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. And uh, yeah, with that said, that does bring us to the true end of today's episode. Thank you all so much for joining us. We just love doing this with you all three days a week. Uh, and one of the reasons we're able to do that, the main reason we're able to, is because of all of our amazing patrons at the producer tier and above who make this show happen. Because without them, we really couldn't make it happen. So thank you all so much from the bottom of our hearts for making today's news tonight happen. But as always, we do also owe an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the uh, executive producer tier and above. And those fine, wonderful, awesome folks include Jared Edinger. Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Etiono Ben, Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Azran127, Pagrima, Kinrule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, TopDog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Joseph Bayer, Oram M, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, West Egg, Deaneth, Kota, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hoobie, Too Much Spaghetti, No Such Thing, Mega Conrad, Askeron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, the Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling, 
Hi, Mom. Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Kane Woolley, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior29, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Darik, Nathan the Voice Actor, Chibi J, Bongo Lover, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Sharp, Fangs, and last but certainly not least, Dinner Sonic. Thank you all so much for your incredible support of the channel. And as a reminder, we are fully Patreon funded, so check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com slash gbgaming, where we offer a wide range of tiers, all with their own awesome set of perks, ranging from $1 a month, which gives you access to our Discord community, uh, ranging to up, all the way up to $400 a month if you'd like to sponsor TNT, but there are a bunch of different price points in between those two extremes. We'd really appreciate it if you could check us out over there, but even if you can't support us on Patreon, you just support us here on YouTube. If you drop a like and a subscribe, hit that bell. Every little bit truly does matter uh, as we continue this awesome Good Vibes Gaming journey that we're on. So once again, everyone, thank you so much, and we'll see you on Friday for episode 127 of today's news tonight. Until then, everybody, good night and good vibes. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.